Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noll, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Andy De Silva, welcome to Listening with Leaders. You are the co-founder and CEO of Hotel Emporium, which can be found at hotelemporium.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. Oh, well, first of all, before I go there, just so so the audience knows, Hotel Emporium sells amenities to hotels, very high-end amenities. And so when you go into a hotel, a really high-end hotel, and you see the stuff in the bathroom and you know the the soaps and the the conditioners and all that stuff, it probably comes from Hotel Emporium. So so people know that. But tell us the background and how you got into the business. How we got into the business, actually, I'll start, uh, um, actually, my because of my uncle, I got into the business in the uh, early 90s, 1991, he was managing a hotel in Newport Beach. And on a Friday, uh, the guy who was supplying all the hotel amenities, uh, he wouldn't show up. So uh, hotels, you know, obviously cannot run without the shampoos and the soaps. And uh, he ended up going to Walmart, filling the whole hotel and kept calling the, uh, the supplier who was his friend too at this time. And, you know, those days we had those phones, you like, you know, rotary phones. And uh, so he kept calling, he wouldn't answer. Monday comes, the, his, uh, the guy calls and he said, uh, my uncle's name is James. James, uh, uh, I had a heart attack and I want to sell this business because I promised my wife I want to get out of it. So long story short, my uncle goes, refinances his house and ends up buying this little uh, liquid filling factory in uh, Anaheim, California. So we have a huge family in Orange County uh, in Southern California, and uh, he got his sisters, uh, nephews, nieces working in the factory. He learned the business. So how, somehow the operation wasn't running right. And uh, in mid nineties, he closed it, but he learned the business and he started selling amenities for a different company from the East coast and he kept doing it. So, uh, when I when uh, I was born and raised in Sri Lanka, a small island off the coast of uh, India, and uh, so my father was a hotel supplier as well. He had a hotel distribution network in Sri Lanka in this little island, and uh, at a very young age, I saw how he works. And being an entrepreneur, I realized all the professionals, most of them at least, were end up working for a businessman at the end of the day. And so I thought this is what I exactly wanted to do. But uh, right out of, out of high school, I told my dad, um, I wanted to join you. I don't want to, because we had a, it was a war-torn country at that time. We had a civil war. So we had a waiting period to go to the university. So I was never interested in that path and a few years to actually go. So I, then my dad is like, if you're ready, come with me. If you're not ready, don't come because you've seen uh, the work I put in. So uh, he trained me. I used to call him, call that the Hitler training, right? <laughs> he'll wake me up at 5.30 in the morning. Then I'll have to load up box trucks. We were selling all kinds of milk products, uh, ice cream, cheese, butter, yogurt, and stuff, and deliver it to all the hotels in Colombo, which is the main city in Sri Lanka. 
So after a year, a year and a half, I was working 12, 15 hour days and um, my um, dad and I didn't see eye to eye. Being father and the son, we got into a lot of headbutting. And uh, then the next thing, he, uh, my mom is like, hey, you got to go back to school. So I went back to school. Then um, something funny happened. Uh, I, uh, I, um, my best friend, I, I'm pretty tall for a Sri Lankan. I'm 6'2 in height. And my best friend is like, hey, you have to join modeling in this region. I'm like, I'm not a model, man. Like, you know, and then the next thing is uh, he applied for myself, sent a picture, of, took a, a picture of mine from my mom and applied I and for this model of the contest in Sri Lanka. This is the first time I'm talking about it, actually. I ended up winning it, right? And then the next thing, I Sri Lankan Airlines, uh, which is the national uh, airline career, and they, uh, I got a job with them. And uh, so I was making money from both sides and getting a bit like, you know, a uh, uh, bit, bit of the popularity and all that stuff. Then uh, I got the visa to come to the U.S., migrated here. And when I came here, the main reason, you won't believe why I got into the got into doing a business, um, because I work for hotels. My uncle put me into hotels. He's the one who told me how to dream big and all that stuff. And I, uh, when I joined the hotels, I realized vacation is only two weeks in the U.S. You know, when you start working for a corporate company. And uh, I come from a country where I had like 40 to 50 days of vacation in the Sri Lankan Airlines national career. And uh, I'm like, there is no way I can uh, have two weeks vacation because we, I was used to that lifestyle of having a lot of uh, time off to do travel and do other stuff. So uh, then I told my uncle, hey, let's do something together. I was climbing up on the ladder on the hotels as well at that time. And uh, he's like, hey, I know I have a passion in this hotel supply, selling amenities. He's like, if you are ready, I'm ready because I came up with a pretty good uh, operational background from my sales. Uh, my dad and my uncle had the sales background. So it was a perfect match. So we started in my garage uh, in Anaheim, California. Again, I had a little house there and uh, started it. And here we are after uh, 25 years. Wow. And you you source your products all over the world. Yes. At this moment, we source it from, actually, source it from some factories in the U.S., Mexico, uh, China, Sri Lanka, um, Malaysia, and so on, India, and so on. Yeah. So what exactly does Hotel Emporium provide? Uh, at this moment, we are kind of in a, we are diversifying the business a little bit, but mostly 80% of our business, I would say, we are manufacturing all the soaps, shampoos, lotions, conditioner, all the little toiletries. We call them in-room amenities in hotels. So uh, that's what we do. And And is your market primarily luxury markets or do you go up the whole, whole uh, strata of hotels? Uh, actually, we go a whole across from the motels all the way to the luxury market. But our strength is in the mid-scale from three to four-star properties. That, that would be like 80% of our mm -hmm. business right now. Wow. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. So, so and, and you're the CEO and founder. How many employees do you have? In the U.S., we have about 32 employees. Uh, and globally, I would say about 120. So it's not a big organization. It's not. It's not. But you. But you're obviously staying very busy, and you've been succeeded. Yeah. You've been in business for, for what over twenty years now. Yes. Yes. Wow. So you've been doing this for a long time, Andy. What is it that gets you really excited to get up in the morning? 
So uh, I, I think I was born to be an entrepreneur. So uh, I, I am not actually, I, I don't chase the money. Uh, what gets me excited, I travel a lot. What gets me excited is like a friend of mine. Now I go to some place in Guatemala and see my products in a hotel, right? That gets me going because, you know, coming from a little island, third world country, and you see these things, you know, uh, in some island or sometimes my friends would uh, FaceTime me and say, hey, look at this. Uh, uh, we are in Jamaica. We see your products here, you know, so that that's a big deal for me. So it's going to be really exciting to see your products in hotels around the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable sometimes. Yeah. So what is it that you think is unique about you? That you bring to the business that's made it so successful so ours is primarily a family business and uh, unique about me uh, uh i think uh might uh building up my team i i have an amazing team and i feel like all uh, this we have like four cousins working together right wow. so yeah so uh and uh my uh, uh, biggest challenge would be managing the personalities, you know, uh, plus my uncle and the whole family dynamics. Plus, I feel like uh, all of our employees are extension of us. We spend more time at work more than we even spend time at home with our loved ones, like family members. So I feel like, you know, uh, we can go as far as our team goes as uh, and also treat the people the way you want to be treated. Don't make them feel like they're employees not only feel them make me them a part of their whole whole agenda you know and um, I make sure um, I listen to everybody starting from my warehouse guys to drivers all the way up to the management you know and uh, uh, it gets me uh, going you know so so it sounds like you've got a people first philosophy in the way that you run things absolutely um Tell us about some of the challenges you've had uh, along the way. Oh, lots of challenges. One thing, you know, uh, my first language wasn't uh, uh, English. English growing up in a country. And when I came here, learning the lingo and, you know, uh, and learning the sales pitch back in the day, I had, I still have a thick accent. Back in the day, I would call people, on, do cold calling, and I'll say something they wouldn't understand, then I'll hang up the phone, right? Then practice on my accent a little bit that'll call you know these are the problems immigrants have at the beginning then once the business took off actually uh, one of the biggest challenges were um, we started with these little tubes and bottles in hotels and uh, uh, in 2018 California put a ban on it after 2023 which is this year you cannot have little uh, tubes and bottles plastic bottles in uh, hotel rooms so uh, most of our business was primarily on packaging these little bottles and tubes and then it was a big challenge then we have to innovate products now we can have bulk bottle bulk dispensers and all this stuff so innovation became a huge part of it so that pivot a lot of people some of our competition even uh, took off and they started doing cosmetic products instead of staying in hotel space so we decided hey let's innovate and uh, uh, innovation is the key you know so that challenge uh, changing the mindset of like coming up with new innovative products was a big challenge and fortunately like you know since this change started our business started growing too because uh, we were a step ahead than our competition because we got into innovations 
So you're uh, you're really big into environmental sustainability. Tell me about that. Yes, we are. Uh, so that's that's what like we, one of the challenges we had too, because the little plastic bottles and the tubes uh, they weren't environmentally friendly at all uh, when you really look at it. And then uh, uh, we actually uh, what what I did was like I went to went around the world uh, looking for new sort of uh, type of packaging. Then um, we created a, a package called EcoPod. It's uh, made out of uh, paper. 100% paper. It's uh, and uh, the shampoos and the soaps. All of them, uh, none of them have synthetic chemicals. They are, they are in powder form. So uh, we uh, put this uh, powder into a pot and put a lid. And in the shower, you put water into it. Right? It just uh, becomes shampoo or conditioner. And this is something um, I'm really. We won some awards on it for innovation and stuff. So. Those kind of packaging uh, we have come up with where our competition hasn't so far, as well as uh, we are, most of our plastic, whatever we use, we try to, uh, we do only recycle materials. So we try to stay in that space and uh, come up with new products. Actually, I'm innovating some products, which is going to come next year. I'm not at the liberty of saying it. All right. So in this sustainable space. Uh, so that's just a constant, it's just a constant, uh, constant, job of innovating and trying to make things more sustainable greener less waste less plastic yeah how are your customers taking to that uh, we have a lot of mixed feelings on this subject actually because uh some people this this cute little tubes and bottles have been there for a long time right and some people um they don't want to change it. Most of the countries, they're still using it. So uh, plus like when you go to bulk dispensers, there's two types. So one of them is refillable. So hygiene wise, it's not a great product to be honest with you because there's no cleaning practices in most of the places. So customers don't like it that much. Even I see a trend now, uh, mostly women and uh, some men too, they carry their own products to hotels when they go because they are worried about the cleanliness of the dispensers in the room. So you have mixed feelings. So uh, we have two types of products. We have large uh, dispensers, one-time use dispensers with recyclable material, uh, which goes on uh, the walls. So, uh, and refillable systems as well. So, so customers to answer your question, they have mixed reviews on this. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so how often do you, are, are you, are you in charge of sales? I'm in charge of all aspects of Hotel Emporium, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, as well, yeah. So do you get to go out and visit with, with the customers at hotels? Yeah, yeah. I still like, uh, initially, uh, our customer base was in Southern California mostly. Right. So I still go visit them. You know, these guys were the guys who helped us in our journey at the beginning. You know, you cannot forget your roots. So I see them and also I randomly go on sales calls and I'll uh, go visit people, uh, corporate meetings and all, everywhere, yeah. Are, are most of your customers in Southern California or are, you, or are you selling all over the world? All over the world. We're in 55 plus countries right now. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. How big is your sales force? Our sales force in the U.S., we have about eight people. That's uh, good. Wow. Yeah. Outside sales. I mean, right. doing knocking on inside sales, uh, four, four people. And uh, internationally, we have about another six. Mm. Yeah. And, and I take it also that people, uh, people, hotels or hotel chains can order off your website. 
No, actually, this uh, our industry because logistics are so complicated. Uh, they can order off our website for independent hotels and stuff, but uh, mostly it's through distributors. Oh, okay. So we have distributors all, all throughout the world. We uh, can literally supply anywhere in the world right now. So, uh, so you 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 sell your products to distributors who yes. sell to the hotel chains. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why our sales force is sorry. Uh, that's why our sales force is a little small because we we have a large sales force with the distribution. We assist them with the sales. Right. I, so yeah, they are like our extension of our sales as well. Right. So. so the distributors are doing the sales, and your people are acting as sort of experts. Experts, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. Got it. Um, so tell me about listening. How important has listening been in the growth of your business? It's huge, actually. Yeah, it's funny. Like today I had a call with a sales team and I was just telling them listening because uh, one guy was talking over us and I was uh, preaching that, you know, because uh, I feel like, um, you know, uh, listening is one of the most important things in a sale, in a sale, because if you don't hear the customer's wants and the needs clearly, without thinking and trying to sell other products, whatever comes to your mind, you're going to lose a lot of focus from the customer. And uh, so listening is one of the most important skills in a sale, I believe. And how have you, how have you cultivated that in the company? Because you said earlier it was a people-first company. Have you cultivated listening in the company, teaching people how to listen? I try as much as I can. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big challenge, actually, because we have pretty upbeat personalities you know and uh, some of them are born better salespeople, but they think they can overcome everything by talking you know more than yeah. listening so plus some of my family members as well so sometimes i pull them back and say hey because we have some some uh, actually uh, one of the girls she's amazing she listens she she doesn't really talk that much either but uh, i take her as an example uh, and i'm like Sometimes when you listen, you can get a lot more done than trying to be aggressively selling something, you know? So, yeah, I try to, I try as much as I can. When I work with salespeople, I teach them that for the first five minutes of any meeting, they should not be, they shouldn't do anything but listen. Oh, wow. They don't, don't even, don't even begin to talk until you listen first. No, and, and I, I have listening. I see listen. I, the way I break it down is there are two types of listening: type one listening and type two listening. And type one listening is where you're listening for information. You're trying to get information to make a decision, for example. Um, and type two listening is where you're listening to validate the speaker and the speaker's emotions. And it's the type two listening that's the most powerful because when you tell people how they are what their emotional experiences, they feel deeply heard and validated. And so in sales training, I'll I will teach salespeople, listen to, your, listen to your guests' emotions and reflect back what they're feeling. And they will feel so deeply heard, they'll follow you anywhere because they sure. feel really deeply listened to. Actually, a good lesson. Yeah, a good lesson. I, 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 can, I can talk to my team about it. I wish I can bring somebody like you and talk to them. These we, we, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk. What about the family dynamics? You've got, uh, you've got a bunch of family members. You said you had at least four cousins. What other family members are involved in the business? So uh, uh, my uncle, myself, and uh, my uncle's son. Okay. Older son, uh, who is a business development manager, and he hits marketing as well. 
And then uh, we have a global sales manager who's one of my my mom's sister's uh, son. And my brother handles all the sourcing around the world. Wow. So, yeah. So four of us are cousins. So. All Sri Lankans. All of Sri Lankans. I would say my brother and I are the migrants. They are the two cousins. You know, they're pretty. One was born in New York. The other one was pretty young when he came here. They're pretty much wow. American. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any family dynamics that you have to deal with? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We have like 35 of us just around in Orange County and LA area. So, um, so tell, tell how do you manage the family dynamics? I try to uh, stay away from the noise. It's not like, you know, sometimes <laughs> like, yeah, because sometimes you can discipline somebody. Then the next thing you might get a call from your auntie or your mom. Hey, what happened? Because word goes around so fast. Right. Our family is kind of like that. My big fat Greek wedding movie it's kind of like everybody's in everybody's <laughs> business so i try to my hardest thing is like you know be the boss during the daytime and on the weekends or the evenings or whenever be the cousin you know so balancing that is a uh was a huge challenge not anymore so yeah, i would i would i find that in these kinds of especially we have a large extended family involved in the business defining the boundaries yeah of the relationship and roles is very important sure and and if, there, if you don't have well-defined boundaries, then you're going to end up with chaos. Yeah, that, at the beginning, I, it was like that. I, I agree with 100%. So I had to like, you know, put put my foot down and say, this is your role. This is what you're going to do. This is the boundary. And, you know, now, actually now everybody is like, I said, I think they're tuned. And on the flip side, I love it because we'll win one big account. Then our family and my extended family, everybody, we enjoy it. You know, we talk right. about it. We'll do staff trips and so on. So. Yeah, I mean it can be very rewarding. Yeah, together with as a family and all see all see financial and business success in a business that you're all working in. Yeah, something that you can all be really proud of. Sure. So, um, so what do you see going on in the future for Hotel Emporium? Future for Hotel Emporium is going to be in the innovation space. Uh, so we are get, doing a lot of innovations right now, and uh, so I feel like, and also we are diversifying into other. Uh, uh, places in within the hotel space which is our strength we've uh, invested and we uh, bought a piece of a company it's a micro market solution for hotels back in the day you used to have a lot, lot of vending machines in every hotel every floor now they have a little kind of like a mini 7-eleven when you enter a right. hotel right so uh our sis, one of our sister companies they uh, developed this software to uh it's called grab scan go and uh, we partnered with them and uh, we handled the sales and marketing side of it so we are diving because we have a huge portfolio and we can put them in front of all the hotels. So we are developing that as well as uh, other products because we have in the US give or take 18 to 20,000 hotels buying products from us. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> we, we are finding other products to plug into the system right now. So, which, uh, yeah. So you're looking for ways to diversify. Diversify, yeah. Products into, into your existing customer base. Exactly. And is your customer base uh, continuing to grow? Yes. Last few years, uh, post-pandemic, it's been growing a lot. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like everything is going pretty well. What's your biggest challenge right now? Biggest challenge right now is actually the our company is growing at an exponential rate. And uh, so making sure staffing has been a challenge. Mm -hmm. That I would say staffing is the biggest challenge, finding the right people, because a lot of people now going into this uh, at home work, I mean, Zoom calls and working from home, that space is kind of challenging because we still need people to 
salespeople knock on doors and do the deliveries and operational stuff. So finding staffing has been a big challenge for me. So do you have, do you have, are you running a hybrid organization where some people are remote and other people are working in, in the office of a warehouse? Yes, we, we, we have both models. And how's that working for you? It's working pretty well so far. It's just finding the right person for the right job. Um, it's kind of challenging because we need some people in different states. Florida, example, for example, it's actually a pretty uh, growing market for us. So uh, finding like a pretty operational and sales force has been a big challenge. So uh, we find a where you've got to have warehousing in Florida to hold products that you can get to the distributors. Yes. So what happened was we actually, uh, there was a company called American Hotel Register. They were the largest hotel supply, kind of the Home Depot of the hotel supplies. Uh, The 150-year-old company, they went under during the pandemic, unfortunately. We were supplying to them. So they left a huge void in the market for distribution in the U.S., which still hasn't been filled. Wow. So we are trying to get into that space right now. So we started an operation in Florida as well as Los Angeles. This is not just amenities, just all, all kinds of uh, hotel products. So uh, we are growing that market, uh, model as well. You're moving into the, the into the distribution. Yes. Yes. Is there anything you don't do around this? I mean, <laughs> no, no. This is our, this is my strength, you know, hotel space. So we try to stay wow. within that space. Yeah. Wow. Well, you sound like you're a pretty busy guy. I am actually. Yeah. The the uh, it's never been this busy in my life, to be honest with you. But I'm super excited these days, unlike before, because things are when you know things are working out well, because you set goals, and sometimes you can have a five year goal or a ten year goal. It might not work accordingly right so right now i feel like everything is coming into place good for you I'm in that phase yeah good for you yeah. i've got one more question for you because i know you're a busy man and i know oh, that's fine taking out the time on the show what's one thing about you andy that we wouldn't know about unless you revealed it to us one thing uh i think i revealed it uh the, my modeling thing is back in sri lanka <laughs> to <Wow>. you yeah <laughs> and not a lot of people know about it uh one thing uh um, I value time. I value time. I respect time. You know, I have a lot, a lot of respect for people who value time and be on time because time is, I feel like time is one thing uh, people can never take, get back. So uh, I'm always on time. Uh, so uh, yep. I, yeah, that's something not a lot of people know about me, but I'm that guy. Well, you showed up five minutes ahead of the podcast. I think you're the first guest <laughs> Of the 120 guests I've had so far. (laughs) There there you go. Well, thank you, Andy. It's been really great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Doug Noll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.com. Doug Noll, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L dot com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. 
Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Knoll. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.